All right, so you're in your house, right? <clears throat> and an intruder okay. comes through your front door. You're in the living room. I know your house. You're in the living room. Okay? Yep. <clears throat> intruder comes through your front door. Using just what's available to you with an arm's reach in your living room, how are you going to defend you and your family? Think about your house. Think about the stuff <clears throat> that's in it. Stuff that's sitting there. What would you use to fight this guy off? I assume it's a guy because only men commit crimes. Yeah. Um, well, if I'm sitting on my couch, yeah. closest thing I have is either like my TV remotes. So I guess I could throw those at him. Okay. Um, or uh, we do have a, a uh, cup on our uh, end table that's got pencils and pens and stuff in it. So oh, I guess I could go. just grab all those and like try and jam them in like, his eye or something. Sure. Assuming, yeah, again, assuming it's a guy. You could use them as uh, sort of darts. You could have, you, and then you got multiple chances. Yeah, that's there true. Because you got kind of a, you put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. With the I mean, other, other than that, like I have, I guess I could try and like, take my big gigantic TV and crack it over his head, but then I, you know, I'm out of TV. <laughs> I'd rather be out of family than out yeah, of TV. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I think the only thing that's sort of like, would be like the coffee table, like to pick up the coffee table and like just try and knock him, knock the, knock yeah, him out with the coffee big table. Goal. Yeah. How about you? Be tough. Um, man, I'm thinking about my living room. It's not, it's not densely populated no. with things, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the I've the seen t- your living room. Tops so. of my tops of my end tables come off there. Okay. So I might whip off one of the wood tops of that table and try to like discus <laughs> at him in the face. Yeah. Um, but there too, a lot of eggs in one basket. I, be- I better throw a lot better than I do out in my backyard. Yeah, for after sure. That, I've got nothing basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I suppose after he kills me, I could take take my arm and beat him to death <laughs> with it after it's been removed from my body. <laughs> Yeah, I used to keep a uh, baseball bat downstairs, and Anna's like, "Well, what's good? Like, we're upstairs. Like, if he gets that baseball bat, he's gonna beat the shit out of us." Which is like very good okay. logic. Now okay. I keep the baseball bat up by up by my bed, but you know, I guess for Ragnar's. Why don't you buy another bat? Because I don't want to. I don't have a bat fight. Have you seen a bat fight? Those things get fucking. Well, you don't crazy. have to just. You don't have to just leave the thing in a treasure chest in the middle of the room. Just to, it's like hiding behind the thing. It's under the thing, and then you, you know you're the only one who knows. Yeah, I guess I could get another bat. being able to protect your family yeah how's uh how's it going it's pretty good how's uh, that family in their yeah. last waning moments yes of life? yeah they well um alive like you know right now so far but you're so gone far, i'm not gone that, yes. that, that would have made a difference clearly but yeah yeah you know um no pretty good ragnar started daycare today for the, he went to daycare for the first time which you know thought would be a lot more emotionally daunting than it was um he was all smiles and laughing it up and was it emotionally daunting for you Eh, not really. It was more emotionally daunting when I had to go pick up my cat's ashes. <laughs> you picked up your cat's ashes? Yeah. So when what Willow, does that mean? When Willow passed away, 
we had her cremated. You have to like. Wasn't that like two, three weeks ago? It was, yeah. But I haven't been able to bring myself to go pick up the actual ashes, and they do like a. Um, so they will just hold your cat's ashes in escrow for like three weeks while you work up the nerve. I'm not trying to pick on you. Okay? <laughs> yeah, this no. is not a David Zeller. No, no, thing. no. Absolutely. I feel bad for no. You, you like your it cat. takes it takes like a week for them to do it. Like, How much storage space do they have? cat remains you know when you, you i took it out there like, so it comes it comes in like a nice little bag you can you it comes can, in a bag it doesn't even come in well, no, no, like it doesn't, no, 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 trust, trust me trust me here so let me let me finish my okay, story yeah please um so it comes it comes like in like you know like the like the crown royal bags it kind of looks like that it's like purple and gold <laughs> um it's got like a little it's got like a like a little inscription on it like uh we'll see you again over the rainbow bridge or some shit like that <laughs> which I'm, I'm not really that's that, that wasn't what got me um but at this particular vet, this 24-hour vet, we took her to a few weeks ago, and we had to put her down. Um, like one of the things they asked you is, like, do you want like a, a like a paw? Like a, they do like a clay. Like to do an impression of her of her paw, that they do in clay. That then you can then bake, and then like, okay. and then like have forever. And then you could like literally you can buy like urns for for cat ashes. And literally, like, honestly to God, man, the cat the cat ashes are in a box that is like, it's uh about half as tall as my uh, my phones here, and then like okay. about half as wide. Okay. So it's, you know, it's just a, like it's a little you know, box. It's a little box. Like it's a fucking cat, right? Like even yeah. like when you when humans you are only cremated. Need so much cat. Yeah. Left over. yeah. <laughs> well, there's only so much cat left over when you oh, put it through a fucking oven. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like when you put a human through an oven. There's only like no, more than you think. Though. More than there's you like think. Twenty pounds of human left. Not, but not. No, not not at all. Not at all, man. Not at all. Anyways, uh, long story short, yeah, like they've just been. They called us about two weeks ago, and we're like, hey, you know, ashes are here, and you can pick them up whenever, and I don't know, just been putting it off, haven't really thought about it, and then today, for some reason, I was like, after I dropped my son off, a theoretically emotional thing, I was like, oh, I should go do this other emotional thing today. Yeah, let's just knock them all before out. Before I, yeah. like, have my first, like, official, like, full, like, 10-hour day of my job, um, so that was fun. So but what's, what's this cat paw thing? Like, they just have wet clay, and they just, like, impre- they press Yeah, they pr- so, yeah, so, like, when, like once they're, not, not foot into before, it? before she passed away, they do it. Oh, they we do had, it while, yeah, still while she's still but alive, but they know yeah. that the end is coming? So well, yeah, basically, we've, we've already said, yes, we, we want The her. last thing they do is fingerprint we, you? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Okay. And then she put, like, so they write, like, Willow and, like, the day, the year or so, like, or, like, they should, like, I don't know if they, like, use, like, letters, whatever, it's, I don't know, I'll show you next time you're over at the yeah. Casa de Zellberg. So do they, something, do they fire the clay with the same so device that they fire the <laughs> they do cat? Not, they do not. So they have a, they have a separate clay kiln? No, no, no. So they don't have they have no, a cremation. No, so they don't actually, so they just give you the clay as, like, it's it's not fully, it's not fully baked yet. You have to bake oh, it Oh, they just home. give you soft clay yeah, and you gotta yeah, bake it. Okay. And you go, and yeah, luckily I'm glad, because, like, they say do it within four weeks of when that happens, and I was like, Again, it was close to it was like so almost it starts kind of melting yeah so yeah. i was like that's i did that this morning as i was like working and all that so i don't know it's an emotional day for me i'm, and I'm sorry to pick on you about it oh uh, that's I've all right just never heard of anything like all the things you just said <laughs> it's it's, it's actually it's a pretty it's a pretty standard thing nowadays Is like it? yeah like, like when you so you can like when you cremate your like your your pets you can either like have them cremated with like a bunch of pets and like you don't get you know then you don't get ashes back or you can like have them like individually cremate it costs a little bit more but we actually have a spot that we were like we're gonna bury her out in like our garden like underneath like right out on the other side of like the the place where she used to hang out the most so we wanted like individual or individual remains so that's it costs a little bit more but yeah i don't know just i want my cat's remains kind of sprinkled over the, my back lawn yeah because that's where he hangs out a lot yeah yeah so i mean we're not gonna get him cremated but how are you gonna sprinkle his remains you're gonna chop them up or <laughs> 
Anyways, let's talk about soccer. Yeah, man. So before um, we do that, though, um, yeah, you better make us some. Yeah, money. let's let's uh, give us some money, please. Uh, if you like the content you hear each week, if you think you've learned a little bit more about Minnesota United soccer in general, we talked a lot uh, last week in our second podcast of the week about the Copa America, World Cup, all that fun stuff. Um, enjoy the high quality audio that we put out each and every week. Um, consider giving to uh, patreon.com backslash the days I know. Um, you know, every single dollar helps uh, helps cover the cost of. Uh, putting together this podcast weirdly you know there's a two white guys who do podcasts about just about everything those actually cost money you don't do those aren't just free things you got to do yeah so it's not like when you get returned white they just give you a podcast yeah i mean it's it's more or less that but you know you actually do you gotta invest a little bit of money into it so um patreon.com backslash the daves i know to help support the daves that you know so what was that game on the (laughs) should we talk about montreal saturday night yeah holy shit man it was a weird one and um, but I'm fond of saying this: the um, the standings don't have pictures. That's so true. Whatever it was, it was a win. It went down as three points, and you're a not looking at it at the end of the year and say, "Well, yeah, it was yeah, they came in fourth place or whatever." But really, if you re- I mean, if you really look at uh, no, none of yeah, that yeah. shit. So, Montre- it, it wasn't quite a Montreal meltdown. There was there they was gave up a lead. There was a Montreal meltdown in the game. We'll talk. I'll talk about that in okay. a second. Um, you know, you, t- you say, yeah, they don't come up with, like, you know, a but for that game. We might actually start thinking about this as the game that Mason Toy asserted himself. You know, if, if, he, so. if he starts playing, you know, uh, consistently and well and, and scoring like he's scoring and, and connecting with Molina, we'll, we might look back at this game as the game that Mason Toy broke out. I hope so. so. And obviously, he's he's had a good run lately um, between MLS and U.S. Open Cup. He just can't be stopped. Yeah, I believe so. he's got f- six goals in the last five competitions. Of course, two of them were against uh, Ford Madison, the team that he was playing with yeah. up yeah. until very recently. But he scored mm-hmm. a goal in the uh, U.S. Open Cup, actually the winner against Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, those two go- those two in uh, – or six goals in five games because he's got – yeah, the two in Madison, uh, the one against FC Cincinnati, scored again uh, two times uh, this game. Um, you have a best moment of the game. Is it one of those Molino go- toy toy Molino it's, connections? It's, or? it's, uh, it's the first toy goal actually, okay. because because of the way that he he brings it down. Oh uh, yeah, uh, he's actually doing what we expect Angelo Rodriguez to do, which is, and Angelo can play hold up play that's great, um, but he doesn't always connect on the finish there. Uh, but here we got Toy. I mean, he's making the run, but he but he mostly just catches it in the air. Yeah, and brings it down soft with his feet. Um, it, it's more posting up than it is running onto the end of a ball. Angelo can do that with his back to goal. Toy could do that facing goal. Correct. And, and Angelo, when he turned, you know, he'd be 10 feet from the goal and yeah. sky at 1,000 miles yeah. high. And um, Toy did it all. Just just feathery, soft touch, brings it down, and makes no mistake, waits for no decision, yeah. fires that thing as quick as he needs to, and puts just the right touch on it. So yeah. that was a cool moment. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to say – It was a mature moment for somebody. For both of those, both Molino and bit. Toy. I mean, Molino had pitch-perfect passes on both of those. <clears throat> right? He just put enough weight on it that, you know, Toy was able – I wouldn't actually say – that first one was great. I think the second one was even more impressive, just because um, the second, the first one, he actually you know put a little more of a touch on the ball and was able to ground the keeper. The second one, he took it down and then literally like kicked it. You know, had that uh, fantastic uh, finish. Uh, so, you know, either one of those goals would you know should be you know should have been up for goal of the week and probably should have won. But um, pretty stuff. Yeah, both of them I think were fantastic <clears throat> and fantastic opportunities and best moments of the game. So. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> worst moment of the game? Is it obvious? Uh, I, uh, yeah. Um, 28 seconds in. Yeah, Holy allowing shit, a goal man. in the first minute. It's one of these <laughs> things where you're just like, you want to say, here we go again, of course. Yeah. But that said, we won. Yeah. And um, 
the team responded as much as we usually do. So maybe it's time for us to stop being so negative and saying, "Oh, here we go again." Sure, sure. We can turn it around. Sure. I would, you know, just say for the worst moment of the game. I mean, both both because Gasper just completely misplayed a long ball, and then Coleman just got totally totally worked over. Um, Coleman, I think Coleman and Miller in particular had really atrocious first Mm -hmm. halves, and Coleman got thrown under the bus by Adrian. Uh, during his halftime speech, well, um, he didn't which look is, great. Yeah, no, he did not look great. It's not and, to say uh, it's up to the coach to throw yeah. people under the bus. And but, uh, but I, I would say, you know, I was talking with a couple other people um, on Sunday, um, and uh, the uh, um, yes, he he looked absolutely terrible in that first half, but he uh, definitely came back and looked super awesome. Or not super awesome, but he definitely acquitted himself well in the second half of the uh, of the match. I'll give you that. I I put it mostly that first goal that um, Montreal scored. I put that mostly at the feet of Brent Coleman. He didn't read sure. the through ball well, and then he he got mincemeated uh, trying to stop him once he got in the box too. So not a good look. But um, they came back. So whatever. Okay, get over it. So what was your most what the fuck moment then? That was the worst. Can I can I just say whatever the fuck Ethan Finley was doing on that breakaway? God, that's what I had also. <laughs> really? Holy lord! Um, I mean, you you get you get the biggest one on one. Just you and the goalkeeper. Yep. Nobody for 20 yards. Yeah. And the best thing he can come up with is he fucking chowder houses it and just runs straight at the goalkeeper <laughs> and eventually gets, just falls so over. There's, so there's several several things there. Um, number one, uh, just that that touch right before like he's able like chip the guy or you know take it to take it to your left, take it to your right. Don't like do kick something. it straight at him. Basically, yeah, he didn't do anything. Um, number he two, just, he just hoped he would go away. Yeah. <laughs> number two, the fact that the, that uh, that uh, Bush. Didn't get any of the ball. <laughs> what the fuck did he not get any of the ball? Um, number three, the fact that maybe he couldn't believe it was happening. I, th- I think so. Number three, um, the fact that uh, that was we got a penalty out of that just because there was. I mean, it. it I, I think ultimately in the grand scheme of things, it was a penalty, but it was just a really shitty kind of dodgy penalty because there one was of those letter of the law, not spirit of the law yeah. penalties, you know, because the, uh, yeah. Cause the Montreal, uh, there was a Montreal defender that was, that was ch- catching up to Ethan. Cause Ethan is apparently not very, very quick, not very fleet of foot on oh, breakaways. I discovered that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you could have, you could have made an argument, honestly, that, uh, that, you know, Mont- the Montreal, like when he, when he makes that sort of that kick around the, around Bush, that Montreal defender could have gotten there and would have, and would have gotten there. And therefore it's not a penalty, but they apparently decided that, you know, Bush impeded Ethan. So uh, that entire sequence he of did. events. He did. Only, he only got Finley. He didn't get yeah. any ball. That, but it, that entire sequence of events was like just my most what the fuck. No one was what the pretty. fuck moment. Yeah. Um, so just for this game, I have a most totally sane, definitely was going to happen in a game against Montreal. And then uh, I have Montreal meltdown part sank. All right. Let's uh, hear that's it. part number five. Um, there's a Montreal assistant coach was thrown out of the game. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. It was, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, it looked like there was someone was thrown out and I turned. Uh, to Wes, I'm like, was there a coach that was thrown out? And he's like, yep. Um, I don't exactly know why the coach was thrown out. I'm guessing, arguing with the fourth official. Um, How is it this way with this team? I don't. Consist- it's for because, years. yeah, it's in, you know, because it's Joey Saputo and Joey Saputo run franchises are fucking bonkers, apparently. We talked about this running up to this week. We we're like, yeah. guys, listen, trust us. Yeah. This is going to happen. And the other, the other thing I'm going to put in there is like Montreal continuing to show replays in stadium on controversial calls. Against MLS rules and like the uh, the oh, FIFA is there a rule rules, about them? there is basically yeah you're not supposed to show. This is why you don't ever see like when there's a potential VAR call, you don't ever see the replay until after the referee has made a decision. In, is that in, only in instances of VAR because they show replays? Yeah, no, they, it's only in like instances of controversial calls. That's what it's, it's basically what the rule says. It's like if it's a, if it's a potential That's controversial vague, call. I mean, I've seen 
because then you saw because then you saw the all of the uh, all of the uh, uh, Montreal fans were booing, and of course, I mean, apparently it sounds like the referee turned away from the replay, so he wasn't watching the replay up on the board. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you could see all the Montreal players were crowding him every single, especially against the Ethan Finlay one, crowding around him, telling the like pointing up to the to the score or to the board to watch the yeah, replay. Which that's that's helpful. Which is totally against the league rules and against uh, policy. I mean, I don't know if it's technically a rule, but it's definitely like the policy of the MLS and the, the FIFA Pro uh, referees or whatever, mm-hmm. that they don't show those replays of controversial calls like that while, it makes while sense. there's a potential decision being made. Formal, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's why, yeah. That. And plus, just to call, just to draw the line at controversial is kind of a vague, I mean, it's one thing to say in instances of VAR, we're not going to show it, or in instances yeah, but, of goals. or But, like, we see fouls all the time. They get replayed that we think yeah. is a foul. We look at yeah. them, we're, like, screaming at them to have called it and stuff. Yeah, so just those two things. Of course, you know, it's Montreal. The nice thing about this is that we're uh, 3-0 and against Montreal in MLS play. God, it feels good. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so what was your next Freddy do? Your Freddy do star of the ga- of the well, match. Of the gam. Of the gam. Star of the gams. Of the gamch. Uh, it's got to be Mason Toy. I mean, he's got the two goals, obviously, but the manner of the two goals, both of them with a soft touch and a quick decision, um, they were really mature goals. Yeah. And, uh, uh, for that, he's he's got to be in. Yeah. He was up for player of the week also. He was. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I You know, I'm going to give it to uh, Kevin Molino. Um Mason Toy is obviously put him on a dish. Yeah, you know? Mason Toy is obviously the uh, definitely one you know, A. Mason Toy being one B. Um, he uh, is uh, yeah. He it looks like he's finally back to full to full fitness, and that is thank God. You know that's something great. We just I mean I, we I don't think we ever really truly uh, appreciated uh, Molino t- before he got hurt. You know, it'd be interesting to see what he can do not surrounded by a total shit housing like yeah. he was at first year. He was uh, the best or among the best players, maybe compared to, um, I don't know, Miguel Ibarra or something. But that he, first was year, of, yeah. he was one of the stars of the first year, certainly yeah. the first half of the first and year. He, he was the one who had to carry the load. With this team now, with the, the attacking talent mm-hmm. that we have, he doesn't have to carry the load. He can just do his thing. He, you can yeah. see that he started out um, he started out on the right, but he drifted in centrally um, fairly regularly. Which and you know, in, Saying that week in and week out. Yeah. We want we want the you know we want those attacking uh, you know the attacking triumvirate and and quartet to be um, fluid and flexible and yep. allow for them you know to take him take up space and, and move into each other's space and and all that and you know that was definitely in play in Absolutely. Montreal so and you know credit to uh, you know the, the the team themselves for like you know not you know last two years Montre- if Minnesota goes down in the tw- first twenty eight seconds oh yeah that's it you're done. Game's over. You, you know we're losing three, three to one, four to team. one. Yeah. Maybe we get one back because the game states. And then even like you know we tie it up one one, um, five minutes later, which is great. But then you know we give up the lead ten minutes, eight minutes after that. And we're down two you're to thinking, one. Of Still course, again, yes. yeah, same thing. You're what gonna be like, okay, um, the game's gonna finish four to one. Would be whatever. We had seven changes in the lineup. You know whatever. Um, the fact that we you know we buckled down in that second half. We scored that goal in like the 52nd minute. It was very close after the start of the first half, and uh, the defense really buckled down. As as bad as Common and Miller were in the first half, they were that they were the exact opposite of that. You know, in terms of their goodness in the second half. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I mean, that plays right into the uh, Freddie Adu Award for the worst player of the game. I'm really sorry, man. I'm really sorry. I got to give it to Brent. Oh yeah, no, that's Brent. <laughs> goes without I, saying. I don't care what his second half looked like. Brent yeah. Brent dug himself that hole. Um, I don't think he was directly culpable on that second goal, which was a set-piece goal, but there was a whole lot of standing around with uh, uh, shrugging hands after that, and he was in the mix of it. Uh, Boxall was in there as well. So um, 
Um, yeah, not a good look. Yeah, no. I trust um, him to rebound. He's a good guy. He's good. He's good lad. Top lad. Yeah, <laughs> top but. lad. You know, I don't. I don't. I honestly would say I don't think he's completely culpable on that first goal. That cat, Chase Gasper um, just made a meal of of that long pass and completely misread it. Allowed um, that hyphenated Jackson. Hyphenated um, Jackson. Um, yeah, hyphenated Jackson <clears throat> in on the ball. Um, and when you have space to run on that, like when you have literally no, nobody in front of you, um, you have space to run and make a make a move. Yeah, that that guy's gonna beat Brent Coleman nine, eight times out of ten. You know, um, he certainly did, and he did. And so I don't necessarily think Coleman was completely responsible for that. He was first not one hundred percent responsible. Um, right. But if you know, of all the other players, um, you know, like I said, as I mentioned multiple times, he and Miller did not look great in the first half. Looked much better in the second half. But I would agree. I don't think that makes up for the the errors in the first half. Sorry, Brent, man. So better luck next time. Three to two win, another one. Yeah, should feel good. We got um, six in, six uh, undefeated six in a row in the all competitions. That's insane. Isn't that's, it? I don't remember the last time we had a six match winning streak. Well, that goes back to NASL. <laughs> I'm I sure. I don't yeah. remember when in NASL. It would have been probably uh, maybe 2013, 2014, maybe. <laughs> good God, this is fun. All right, well let's let's transition into uh, some good stuff, and then we've <clears> got a game to look ahead to. Um, a couple games. of games to look yeah. ahead to, but I think we're going to dust over the uh, New Mexico one. So let's let's talk about what comes next. For sure. So we have some other United States. Obviously, as you mentioned, uh, Mason Toy was up for player of the week. Um, him and uh, Ike Opara made MLS team of the week. Ike Opara off of that uh, um, scintillating uh, San Jose. Did you want to say – you didn't get a chance to talk about San Jose. Did you want to say anything about that San Jose game before we jump oh, into you it? Guys, yeah. you, you, guys, you guys covered that. The one thing that I'll say is that I think <clears> – <throat> When we podcast about it in the preview, I think we got it right. Yeah, hundred oh, uh, percent. Tactically, we're built to oppose the things that San Jose does yeah. well, and we did. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and it was cool to see Adrian Heath show some positive emotion, which <laughs> he he only usually shows negative or yeah. none. And um, so I, I felt good about it. Yeah, that's it's it. funny. Uh, I was talking with Wes <clears throat> over the course of the last uh, last week or whatever with all with all the world soccer that was going on, and we were chatting. We we're actually talking about uh, Minnesota and Adrian Heath. He's like, is it? And actually, we're talking about during the Montreal game, and we're, and we're both like, okay, he's like, we should bring this guy in. I was like, oh yeah, you should bring this guy in for for toy. <clears throat> and Adrian Heath did exactly that. And we're like, awesome. holy shit! Like, is it is it Adrian Heath getting better, or is it just like, you know, we're we're getting better at, at tactically identifying what this team should be doing? Um, we're not, you know, Maybe we, you we, just we just remember in the past Stockholm syndrome, Stockholm syndrome coaching <laughs> method, and so you're like, oh, you definitely <clears throat> need to do this, and you've convinced yourself. You know, it's a like, good you know idea. two years ago when we were talking about this, like we would just be like, why didn't Heath do this? Why didn't Heath do this? Mm-hmm. Why didn't Heath do that? Um, why didn't he use all of his subs? Yada yada yada, and you just feel like he just had no idea about what the chemistry of the team was. Seems like he's maybe figured that out, like and maybe understands a little bit more um, what each player brings to the roster day in day out. What po- each player can do in a in a certain situation, um, killing off a game, bringing in Angelo, things like that. But both Wes and I were just like, holy shit! Like Wes, he's actually doing the things that we want him to do. And <laughs> it's gonna make it tough at the end of this year when you, we've got to start making tough <coughs> fan decisions about what our pickets. And, and that was actually say. that was the other part of our discussion. We, we talked about we was like, well, what's like, what is the what's the bar for for keeping him? And I, I know I said I said you on this said podcast, bar, yeah, yeah uh, and I, I'm not gonna deviate from that. We have we host a home playoff game. Um, I'm cool like with him sticking around for at least two more years. Um, you know, and that you know, I guess if we win the Open Cup and we don't host a playoff game, but we make the playoffs. I guess I would be amenable to. Amenable to a, that conversation. You wouldn't love it, but you get it. I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily hate it. I would, just, I would understand, but I, knowing that we feel like we could probably do better, you know what I mean? Um, you know, Wes was like, "What if they win a playoff game on the road?" And I was like, "Well, I, I still don't think that would justify keeping him, bringing him back." 
um, outside of like going on a run and one game. Yeah, making it to the making it to the final. Maybe maybe then we have you can have a conversation about it. But like, I still think we need to host a playoff game. And this team is is positioned right now as a host of a playoff game. If the playoffs started tomorrow, they would host a playoff game. Problem is, is we got a lot of really good teams that we're playing over the course of the next yep. two and a half months. So. Yep. Um, so yeah, so we uh, like I said, as I said, Mason Toy and Ekopara made MLS Team of the Week. Um, so according to multiple sources, Loons have filed paperwork and are announcing a new signing at halftime tomorrow or sometime tomorrow. I've heard halftime, um, which of course would be kind of a lot similar to the kind of the Darwin's kind of Darwin-ish signing. They not they announced it, but that, he came yeah. out. He came out, you know. Of course, uh, we all knew what yeah. was going on at that point. Yeah. Um, I have heard uh, from some sources that it is a uh, second division player. Um, from a big five European league. So it's going to be someone kind of in the Romain Metonair mold in terms of, of his pedigree. pedigree. Yeah. Not necessarily. I've heard it's a, it's a midfielder, um, a central slash left, uh, left midfielder, um, which is something that they've, like, you know, clearly almost everybody who's associated with this team has identified as a, as they need a, you know, left footed player who can, you know, play in that left wing sort of position. Um, obviously it sounds like, you know, sounds like they still have one or two more folks that they're in the, uh, they're looking for um obviously we everybody knows left back is just the the gaping hole that we have in our in our setup right now um with well, i'd argue a, a second center back would be uh, i would argue that I, I would say yeah second center back would be sort of number two but i, I think because you definitely i don't think you can count on chase gasper um to hold back that hold down the left back position um no no I you know especially so. considering he that he had he does have some injury history um, in college, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't think you can expect him to play another, you know, 15 games as as your starting left back. So I think left back is a big need. I think yeah, bringing in another second back um, would be immensely helpful as well. So and then um, I guess the other uh, other PC United news. If unless you have anything else to add about the the um, silly season just started I, I'm again. Not as, I mean, so p- p- people sometimes accidentally, unintentionally, subconsciously conflate the order that the signings come in yeah. with like the team's intention and understanding yeah. of their importance. Just because this one isn't a left back doesn't mean they don't get that they need a left back. This is the one that got done. These yeah. deals are complicated. It doesn't mean um, it, yeah, it doesn't mean having a center back and let's let's say he's a backup because we've got Aussie who's going to be tough to displace, Grey Goose who is on as a DP, and then depending on the formation, I mean you know Darwin is probably unmovable for the most part. So if this guy's coming in as a backup, mm-hmm. if he's a second tier guy and a top five, the, league, the if he's coming in as a back, backup, yeah. that's still fine because we are always a Grey Goose international appearance or an Aussie injury away from being like Rasmus I don't know uh you know like like the, the next step down gets big well that's so a, that, having that's, a good backup would be fine that's the thing about I think bringing in an actual a solid left back um who can start day in and day out is that you can you can then move Dotson Dotson can then sort of either be a backup at left back you can be a backup as like your Aussie Alonso mm-hmm. he can spell Aussie Alonso that's as, what, what he was signed as yeah as pretty much midfielder. yeah and I think that is that is ultimately where they see him you know, that's ultimately where they project him to be, um, you know, throughout his career. Mm-hmm. And so if you can bring in a, a left back, um, you know, who can who can step up and be the, the main, you know, the main uh, uh, player, um, you know, then you've, that frees up Dotson to alleviate uh, some of uh, Alonzo's minutes so that he's not getting, he's not playing, you know, 90 minutes every, every game. Mm-hmm. Now the, you know, especially if you, you know, the, one of the things that people have speculated about <clears throat> is that this player is clearly, sounds like this is not a MLS player. Um, and we've seen, you know, th- with varying success, uh, 
uh, non-MLS players coming into the league and some adapting fairly quickly. Romain Metnier being a classic example of that. Yeah. Um, some taking a, some time to adapt. Probably Jan, more taking time than Jan Gregus is, is a great example of that. Now, yeah, yeah. I think Jan Gregus has played you know of his last you know four or five games, the best four or five games he's played yeah, as a, so, as a sure. loon, and it took time for him to like integrate himself into the team. I don't think even integrating himself into the team, but just learning the rhythms of the league and, and how the guys that are Travel's playing. Tough. Um, I think an attacker. Probably it's probably not. It does, probably is not going to take as much if if this guy is truly it's sort of more of an attacking uh, uh, winger, not you know not more not like a central you know central defensive midfielder. Um, you know you can really just you can. I think I feel like attackers gel a little more quickly just because they can just they know there's attacking the goal. You know what I mean? Um, maybe I'm wrong. There's more individual creativity perhaps yeah. than moving as a unit. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say that. Um, there's no space for creativity on the defense, and there's yeah. the, you you can't act as unit on offense. Yeah. But holistically speaking, that's probably true. So yeah, so it sounds like we'll have one one signing announced uh, tomorrow, um, and then you know I, I've heard again from multiple sources that um, that there is actually a second player that they are in the middle of working on. Like, as you mentioned, you know I think it's probably you know it's just going to take some time to move the pieces in place to to make it happen. So that will be probably more of a defensive. Uh, it's a fun time, time. Of, fun time of the year <clears throat> again. It is. It is. I don't know if you if you haven't checked out if you're not a, a subscriber to the Athletic. Um, Jeff Reuter, uh, who writes for the Athletic, does amazing work. Um, he actually has a a piece out yesterday, I believe, that sort of breaks down all the acquisitions that Minnesota's made in the in different uh, transfer windows. We don't normally make you know high quality acquisitions in the summer window. Um, Angelo Rodriguez being sort of like the one big exception. Most of our, you know, our substantial trans, uh, transactions happen in the winter window. So this is an interesting, you mm-hmm. know, interesting time, you know, for for Minnesota. Yeah, we're in a we're in a different place than we have been before. We Absolutely. have a lot more stability <clears throat> right now. But Absolutely. Read so, Jeff's shit to learn about. Yeah, that. yeah. Subscribe to the Athletic. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, we, we get to, you know, I don't know, ten percent of whatever you make off of that for the next uh, twenty four hours, something like that. <laughs> Man, you know what? There was a t- this is random aside, but um, at the end of it must have been like the twenty fifteen season or something like that. There was a time when. Um, Two United fans existed, but was going through a transition. Like Kyle had just left, yep, and uh, so it was, it was just Notch. And then he was like trying out different people to sort of fill in as like a co-host of Two United fans. And Jeff was like sort of like pitching in then. Yeah. And we had like a season recap episode, and he invited me to come. I was this that was before this podcast. I was writing for like Midfield Press or sure, something yeah. like that. And so invited me, and then invited Wes and Bruce to to come talk on it. Okay. Um, which this was after Denord sure. was done. Yeah. So like basically only one of the podcasts of the three that you could say were represented there existed. But it was like this end of the year thing before, and like it's weird to think about where where we are now. It's just like a, a very cool moment at the end of the year. With like five, I'll just pat myself on the back. Five like big shits, you know. Like, but it, but it didn't feel like big shit because because yeah. Jeff wasn't Jeff then. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know, it just, and none of this existed yet. Yeah. You know, and so it was, it was really weird to look back on that and be like, holy shit, we got those five people together for a podcast. That's, that's pretty a damn, cool. That's a damn good podcast. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, before we jump into the upcoming matches, uh, yep. let's, uh, our Ford Madtown Brodown. Brodown. Um, <laughs> Madtown Madison is actually doing a. Uh, I can't remember what the fuck the promotion was called but it was like the uh forward madison bro pack where they're there you get like a, pack? It's a ticket you get a ticket um you get a uh a muscle tea <laughs> um you get uh, a beer which is like but it's like a 
It's like a. It has to be a shitty beer. It's, well, it's like a natty light, but it's like a right. like a flavored natty light. Nasty. And light then it's beer. like a and, and a protein, which is like just a brat without a bun. <laughs> It's like it's like twenty six butts, yeah, just protein, <laughs> just like the the uh, Ford Medicine Bro Pack. I just I was just I'm I was I'm curious as to like, I kind of want to I just want to make I want to buy tickets for my uh, my mother and father in law. Just go and take all the pictures of the dudes. Just tell me what <laughs> Bro Town looks like. Yeah, it is so, a Bro Down. It is a Bro Down. Um, Ford Madison beat South, South Georgia Torment FC uh, Tormenta. Sorry, South Georgia Tormenta, it's the Tormenta FC. Two to one in Statesboro, Georgia, uh, last weekend. They're actually playing tonight uh, against the Lansing Ignite uh, in Michigan, uh, and then they host the Chattanooga Red, Wo- Red Wolves in uh, Madison on Saturday. There, they've clearly put together a pretty, uh, pretty solid win streak, and they're moving up the table. I think they're a couple only uh, three or four points out of a playoff spot, which top four in the USL League One make the playoffs. So they were all the way down, like near the bottom uh, before. They didn't start actually before right. we, we before we. Uh, they started their winning streak, the game that Ann and I went down there right before the uh, <clears throat> Minnesota United game uh-huh. uh, when they beat uh, North Texas. Uh, they thrashed North Texas 4-1. to one, so. so you might have had a little something to... You know, I'm not going to you know toot my own horn, but maybe. Probably. Definitely, actually. <clears throat> uh, and I just want to give a shout-out to... So I actually ran into two different uh, people in Madison who are fans of our podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, at the game. It was pretty fucking... Pretty, like, all of a sudden, I was just like, Dave! I was like, I turned and look, and... Well, this like, is an audio Dave, podcast. How do they know what you look like? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe they're stalkers. <laughs> Maybe they do that all the time. There's Dave. Dave. <laughs> Are you Dave? It's, it's going to work a Dave one of these I, you know, I think yeah. One guy's like, you're a Dave I know. I was like, yes. <laughs> you're not anybody I you're know. You're not anybody I know. But uh, sorry, I didn't catch your name. Um, but I love it when people come up to us and are like, hey, I really love the podcast. I don't know. It just it's, it's, tickles my little, cool. my it's, cold it's, dead it's, heart. It's, it's still always surprising that people listen to it. Yeah. All right, um, so let's talk about We have a game uh, that will be tonight uh, when you're listening to this podcast. Um, we're hosting New Mexico United in the quarterfinals of the Lamar Hunt, the 108th Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, something like that. There a lot of them. I can't remember. Um, and uh, this is actually a, a really interesting uh, matchup for Minnesota. We don't know much about uh, New Mexico United other than that their best player, their leading goal scorer, is actually uh, suspended for this match because of yellow card accumulation. Oh. I think it's Kavar. Leighton, I think, is his name. I can't remember exactly. Anyways, if, you, uh, if you're coming to the game, um, I'm just going to put a pl- plug in for Blackheart here. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna be, they're, the New Mexico United is bringing <clears throat> 220 people uh, up, to the, uh, up to the match. So cool. For a <laughs> about USL League One team in yeah. its uh, first year. And yeah, it, for, yeah, first year. Um, they're bringing, yeah, about 180. So the, uh, they chartered a flight from New Mexico to Minnesota. They are arriving uh, around, I think, around 1130 tomorrow. Um, the Dark Clouds, or the Wonderwall uh, Partnership Committee put together with you know, Dark Clouds and, and T&E and us. Um, we put together a, a Minnesota beer care package with probably like, I don't know, like a couple hundred beers that we're going to deliver to the hotel. So they'll be there. Minnesota specific. Min- yeah. So beers. like indeed summit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, dual citizen, yeah, a bunch of, um, in some other local small craft beers. Mm-hmm. So they were just going to deliver to the hotel. So it will be there for them when they get to, uh, when they get to, to town, uh, before the game. And then they're going to be pre-gaming here at Blackheart of St. Paul. Um, they're actually going to take the entire back room. They're going to apparently deck it out in black and gold. They've okay. been chatting up, chatting with Wes. And I think, uh, I think Michelob Golden is going to buy them their first round. Uh, really? Yeah, oh, the, man, yeah, cool. the, 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 yeah, so it's pretty cool. And um, so, yeah, so if you are coming to the game or if you're not even coming to the game, if you want to come party with some, uh, some interesting people, trade some scarves. I, it sounds like they're bringing up extra scarves to trade. And so it should be a fun time. Those, uh, we, I mean, not too long ago, we were that, you know, we were that underdog team. We would go to uh, open cup matches. You know, we never made it to the quarterfinals in 
the current iteration of Minnesota United. We did make a right. run to the semis uh, as a uh, as a lower division team. Long that was ago. years and years and years ago, before most of you were even knew about Minnesota soccer, probably. Um, so this is really fun. It's gonna be a really awesome time. Again, the t- tickets are like ten bucks before the, all the fees, or eleven dollars before all the fees in the supporter section. Yeah. So come check out come the game, out. make it a good game, and support support yeah. the people who came to support their team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I said, those next fans are gonna be loud. We don't want to be, want them to be louder than us. You know. Yeah, That's, that would be sad. That would be very sad. So, um, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little more about New Mexico United. I've been chatting all this time. So go. Those are the things I had to say. <coughs> uh, mostly, you know, if I think about the way we approach it, the biggest question is um, a lot of match congestion right now. Obviously, we played yep. two games last week, two games this week. Um, we are doing well in the league, but still in a precarious spot. We're still basically a bubble team. Anything could happen. You're only a couple of, of losses away from going the wrong. There's direction, only four I points think, I think so. between between us and the red line right now. Right, so. right. So, so you 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 can't forget that. Yep. And we're still. This is only the quarters here for the U.S. Open Cup. So, that, I mean, it's the big question. How many starters do you play? Whom do you rest? What's the right rotation? Um, I'm not going to ask the stupid question. Do you try? I, I don't believe in that question. Like, do, do you really take the cup seriously? Do you even care? You know, a, a good uh, – everyone has to make good decisions, but I don't, uh, tough decisions, but I don't think anybody's putting together a lineup saying, like, fuck it, we don't even care. Like, that's just not the way people are programmed and get paid for. Yeah. Um, so in terms of in terms of a lineup – um, it sounds like uh, uh, Delonte's going to be injured. I, I think that um, everybody else is pretty much <coughs> healthy, right? I think so. And, and, uh, and obviously, you know, uh, Adrian rested um, seven players from uh, their last match. Um, you know, Larry Olam's gotten starts in the, in the two Open Cup games so far. Mm-hmm. Chase Gasper, Michael Boxwell, and Eric Miller have all I both got mm-hmm. all three have gotten starts. Um, Olmsberg started the first game against Kansas City. Opara um, started in um, uh, in Houston. And then Quintero, Rodriguez, and Finlay have been getting uh, runouts in Open Cup. Now, mm-hmm. I would expect that um, you see Quintero and Rodriguez uh, tomorrow. I would expect you don't, you probably don't see Finlay, um, <clears throat> just because you know he played, he played ninety, he's played one hundred and eighty minutes in the end of the last week or so, yeah. less than and, a week. And let's not forget, we're playing what a fourth division, uh, third division? No, it's a fourth division side, isn't it? Third division, third division yep. side. Yeah. We should win. We ought to win. We're expected to win. Yes. We should be able to trot out some guys that would be less than our optimal 11. Yeah. Uh, and, and we have many of the <laughs> folks who would be our optimal 11 rested. You already mentioned Angelo and uh, Darwin. So yeah. So, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Quintero, Rodriguez, and, you know, even Molino. Um, I know there's, you have to have a certain number of Americans out there. So, I definitely see Ibarra. Um, Ibarra got a rest mm-hmm. uh, yep. over the weekend. Um, him definitely going to run out. Uh, Opara, uh, Ozzy Alonso, who hasn't played in, in the Open Cup so far, but again, got rest. This would be, this would be a good chance yeah. for him to get integrated here. Yeah, got a rest. Um, I was expect you to see Hassani Dotson in the midfield. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't mention it, but Romain Metnir, uh, his Madagascar team, upset um, uh, Congo, and now they are they're in the not qu- stopping. <laughs> yeah, they're not. So now they're in the quarterfinals of the AFCON they, they Cup. They did that with a big assist from him. Actually. Yeah, actually, he yeah he got he Dished had the, the assist the game the, the go ahead the go ahead assist. Well, no, they yeah. had actually went to penalties. Um, but yeah, it was it technically a, okay. Yeah, I got Anyways, you. but it was a go ahead goal. Um, they, obviously, Congo came back and tied up, and they went to penalties. And Metnir hit his penalty. Um, they actually play tomorrow at eleven. If you have uh, BN Sports um, or have access to get to BN Sports. Mm. Um, Check out the uh, the Afcon uh, Romain Metnier. Um, I mean, cheer for him, obviously. But you know, if they lose, he comes back to Minnesota. Just, yeah, let's, a little let's cheer too hard. A little earlier. So I definitely I wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't surprise me if we see sort of a Miller, uh, Gasper, Boxel, Opara, um, maybe Coleman. But I think Coleman may have uh, played played his way out of the lineup temporarily, well, at least. Um, I fear that. Um, 
the Open Cup could be a good chance for him to um, wipe that slate clean pretty quick, though. It's a little bit lower stakes, in my opinion. Yeah. You're going to be playing against lower competition. Um, do you want the guy that you don't have faith with to get booted for one game, but then be the guy who's arrested to come back versus a higher tier sure. competition in the following weekend? So uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see Colin yeah. at all. And, you know, Box will pick up, picked up a yellow card in the last Open Cup match. I'm not exactly sure what the yellow card accumulation was. I know there are rules. Um, I think it's just two. So it won't surprise me if you see maybe Coleman for Boxall. Um, it's an American guy. You know, you take away the uh, uh, although Boxall has his uh, has his green card, so I think he counts as part of the. I don't think I don't know the exact. The fucking Open Cup has really bonkers rules. I think that Who when knows? players come to this country before they're allowed to play for it, they should have to like waiting in like a holding cell for months. <laughs> and do they get Dr- uh, do drinking they get, hot golden piss? On yeah. The do, they get, uh, do they get do they get soap and uh, tooth toothbrushes no. and things? Okay. No. Just making sure. Just tooth black. Tooth, tooth black. Yeah, they get tooth black. <laughs> um, all right. So so I mean I don't know I don't I don't expect us to look much different than we did um, the last two Open Cup games. Maybe you know the I think the formation is going to stay the same. They've been mostly playing like a four three three. Um, you know, again, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Alonzo and Apara in there, um, as well as maybe a Molina or a Barra in place of Finley. So, I don't know, you have any other additional thoughts? Uh, no, I th- it pretty much sums it up. I think you're going to see a mix of guys who are obvious starters and guys who are probably more obviously rotational. I don't think that we want, um, regardless of who's rested or not, I don't think that we put all of our cards on the table for an Open Cup game against a third-tier side. So, we got FC Dallas following, and um, FC Dallas, though they're always a mixed bag, um, is a much more formidable uh, foe that we need to keep our eyes on. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> you want to switch into FC Dallas then? Sure, let's do it. Um, who's good in uh, FC Dallas? Yeah, so uh, they haven't quite hit their utter late summer shithousery that they usually hit just yet. But um, I look at FC Dallas. Um, they're kind of a – they're very much a mid-table team. Uh, who's good? I look at Paxton Pomacall as a, a young guy that yes. everybody in MLS needs to be aspiring to create. Yeah. And um, we've talked a million times about FC Dallas' youth program. They're they just sold uh, – yeah, they just sold a, a player um, $4.5 million, I believe, um, to a German club. I can't count. Blake and Talking I about know. Grezo, right? Yep, Grezo, yep. yep. <clears throat> God damn um, it. Um, Augsburg, they sold him too. Yep. So, um, yeah, they, uh, talent this, factory there. FC Dallas would be the team if we – again, if the playoffs started today, the FC Dallas is in uh, fifth place. So, this would be the team that we'd play – at Allianz in the opening week of the playoffs, so yeah, this is uh, so so this we just is another cr- team crucial right three on the points. bubble, yeah. As as we felt uh, San Jose was, yeah. And as although Montreal is not a Western Division uh, opponent, they are they were in third place when we played them. So, um, you know, we're playing people we got to take seriously, and so far doing good. Um, I'd say Jesus Ferreira, uh, he's having a pretty well-rounded year. He's got five goals and four assists at the top. Um, not that five goals is an elite caliber haul for a, a striker, but um, five goals, four assists, pretty well rounded. Um, Dom Baji, you know, he's never become the guy I think he ought to have become. Um, but that said, he's sitting on five goals on only 21 shots. That's not bad. Uh, last one I'll give you is Matt Hedges, yeah, solid MLS right. center back. Um, he's played almost every single minute this year. Only one player has played more minutes than Matt Hedges, so um, he, he'll make things tricky in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure if he'll be. I'm assuming he'll be back in time. Uh, I would throw in Reggie Cannon. Um, got uh, ample minutes in ML, in uh, the Gold Cup with the U.S. Another team. One of his young guys, young yeah. homegrown player. Um, yeah. Definitely one uh, who can attack as well as defend. He's much probably much more better. At least right now, he's like I said, young kid. He's much more better on the attacking end than he is on the defending well, end. That's a, that's a, that's a FC Dallas problem. It is, All yeah. of their central midfielders have the same problem. I, I, I suppose I'm starting mm. to transition into the who sucks. I don't want to go too far into it. Before you do that, let me, let me just throw one more. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jesse it. Gonzalez. He's been a, the bane in Minnesota, a thorn in Minnesota's side. 
uh, pretty much I feel like every time we play them, that is true. we have yeah. uh, Jesse Gonzalez comes up with three or four amazing saves. And uh, up a game us that look way dumber. A game that Minnesota, to. the Minnesota probably should have won or at least gotten po- a point out of. Uh, we end up losing because Jesse Gonzalez has stepped up. Now, I'll be fair, and this, we made this a great place to transition into who sucks. That he has not been the same Jesse Gonzalez this year. Um, but they're they're yeah. a middle middle the, uh, above the midline on goals allowed this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's not Jesse Gonzalez, but um, they're not utter horseshit either. On, no, no, on of course. Defense. Yeah. Um, they've allowed four less goals than Minnesota. Let's put it that way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not that we're elite. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I think we're both, yeah. we're both uh, uh, daydreaming about yeah. what could be. So um, he doesn't suck, but I will say Carlos Grezo is moving to Augsburg, so he's not going to be in their cent- there in the central midfield uh, for Dallas any longer. Um, I think gener- we're talking about who sucks. The offense isn't piss poor, but it, it lacks a sort of dynamite ten to fifteen goal guy. Um, their top player is Jesus Ferreira. Dom Baji also has five apiece. Anybody behind them only has three goals, and, and those two include defenders. Yeah. Um, they, they, they like to let the fullbacks get high. So, f- fine. They're well-rounded-ish. That can be fine. But I think there's going to come a time, especially in their summer swoon, that they will inevitably have when they're going to wish they had that guy, that 10-15 goal scorer guy who can put the team on the back when when things start to look shitty. Last thing I'm going to say is uh, Brandon Cervania and the midfielder. Uh, he's, he's got two assists in five games this year. Fine. But um, he's more of a defensive liability. Paired alongside Brian Acosta, everybody's looking forward and nobody's looking backward. Yeah. And so <clears throat> defensively, it's a liability. And you're talking about Reggie Cannon coming back. Could similarly be a liability defensively yeah. when we've got the ball. I feel like these FC Dallas-Minnesota games have should have been – are in theoretical, theoretical you know, shootouts – um, that again, as I mentioned, Jesse Gonzalez just manages to like keep four or five out keep of the net for Minnesota. Shootout, yeah, <clears throat> I was, to sort of just jump on kind of what you said. I, you know, Brian Acosta uh, for being—I mean, they just signed uh, him as a DP, twenty-five-year-old uh, kid from Honduras. Um, that you know, if you follow the sort of the Concacaf, you fairly you know fairly well from um, terrorizing uh, the United States. He's not really—he's not done anything. Mm-hmm. He's got two goals, I believe, in, in over a thousand minutes. Uh, it's just not good for a designated player, a midfielder, someone who's they want to work, and he has no assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone they're trying to work the offense through. Um, so, yeah, you're right. They have a lot of they have a lot of like interesting pieces, but nothing to sort of like mm-hmm. bring them all together, like a like a Darwin, um, yeah. or, or like a, you know like an Alberta Lee or whatever in Houston. Mm-hmm. Someone who can sort of like just make everybody around them better by their presence, and you know they have just they're all kind of good that. Defenders, defend, defenders yeah. can just like key on. They don't have to like. They're not worried about someone else stepping into a uh, stepping into a, a void or something that they you know space that they leave. So, yeah, for yeah for the most part, it's uh, it's a mediocre team. Yeah, and they look mediocre, and their stats bear them out as mediocre. They're well rounded. They're not a kind of team that's mediocre because they've got seventy five goals for and against this yeah. year. You know, um, it, they just. <clears throat> I don't know. They're just very middle of the pack. Yeah. So how do we play them then? How, how do we turn that to our advantage is the question. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we've seen this team at home, Minnesota United, um, that you know they don't have any problem sort of being on the front foot and attacking at home. And I really think you've got to take it to FC Dallas. Um, it's, a different, uh, it's a different mentality, I think, than San Jose in terms of um, you know the, the defense and all that. But I really think, you know, I think a lot of it also, too, depends on who, um, you know, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be pretty sticky tomorrow. It's going to be kind of hot on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it kind of really depends on the squad rotation and yeah. who uh, you know, who Heath is going to expect, you know, 180 minutes out of in over the course of four days, basically. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think we see Quintero and Rodriguez getting, you know, getting rest for most, you know, Rodriguez came in late in that game against, uh, against Montreal, but basically getting those guys to rest. I think you're going to see both those guys play both on Wednesday and Saturday. Right. Um, and I don't think we do much more than we did against uh, our game plan against Montreal was pretty much, I think, how I want to play against uh, FC Dallas, but like, changing the pieces out a little bit. I think stylistically they're going to yeah. be similar. Um, I think the weakness for FC Dallas is going to be in the center midfield. Yeah. Uh, comparatively, they also like to push fullbacks uh, higher, get them involved in the attack. So um, that that can behoove us if we're going to build up the sides, which we've done a lot of, and that can be fine. But I really hope that we are working to, even if we do build up the side, that we're moving the ball centrally rather than just crossing, that we're trying to yeah. work the ball back into dangerous spots rather than just hitting crosses. Continues, I believe, not to be our strength. So... So that's fine, but I would love to see us focus on the middle of the field, take advantage of those defensive lapses, and then find ourselves with uh, um, nothing but a couple of defenders staring us in the you face know, in a tough yeah, spot. Yeah, I would love to see. You know, I would love to see Rodriguez up top um, with uh, Ibarra, Quintero, and uh, Molino behind him, and just you know, because Molino then can you know cover for Gasper um, mm -hmm. in terms of the the sort of kind of a pseudo wing back role. Um, Dotson probably uh, on the right. And just letting him, you know, make runs, mm -hmm. um, and then giving Molino, Quintero, and Ibarra the ability just to sort of, or specifically Molino and Quintero, the ability just like to to move with one another and, and yeah. trade spaces overlap, and, and overlap yeah. and all that. Um, if you have a fullback who can who can go both ways, and, and, and Dotson uh, can, I'm I'm a little less I'm a little less uh, I'm a little more concerned about that with Gasper and his ability sure. to to cover if Ibarra and, and Quintero you know swap or whatever, which is why I would say you know I would I'd argue that maybe you want to. Ibarra to stay home a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that he should completely stand on the left hand side and like Jurgen Quinsman used to have him and uh, not you know not overlap at all. Mm -hmm. But um, you know giving Molino and Quintero the ability to sort of work together with with Rodriguez could create a really interesting dynamic on the right hand side, really? uh, uh, which I believe um, I believe Cannon plays on the left. Whether he starts or not, I don't mm -hmm. know for FC Dallas. But anyways, that's kind of uh, my thought. I think that it, I think. The more I think about it, I'm thinking about Mason Toy starting in the U.S. Open Cup game mm. and then Angelo Rodriguez starting here in the MLS game. Um, mm. Angelo will be well-rested there. Mason Toy will probably by then need a break. Yeah. Um, plus, it'll give, uh, I believe, because I believe Quintero is going to start uh, tomorrow night, tonight. <laughs> um, I think that it'd give a chance for us to see a little bit more of Quintero and Toy together and yeah. see that chemistry grow, see what they can do together. So um, I, I would want to make sure, you know, if, if Quintero plays uh, uh, on Wednesday and then he doesn't play on Saturday, you're not getting a chance to see that chemistry then on Saturday. If Toy was going to start on Saturday, it's lame to hear it spoken aloud. But yeah. Mostly, I think Quintero is going to start tomorrow, and I'd like to see him paired with Toy when he does get time. And no, I think, I think that's... I think tomorrow's that's gonna happen. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Uh, actually, that's a really great idea. Um, toy tomorrow or tonight, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, Rodriguez on Saturday. Rodriguez on Saturday. Yeah, we, with whoever behind him. I think that'll yeah. be Darwin. But if Darwin needs to sit it out, then then I, I think we've got other options that can work too. It'd be interesting to see Molino play centrally. We've talked about that before. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a winning combination that's, there. But I, I think know, that it's kind of game that we might see a little. It's where he wants to play, but I, you know, no, he, I don't he keeps saying that, and that, that's we clearly seen that that's not his best position. So, <clears throat> yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, what do you got for a score prediction? Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about it. I'll be honest with you. I hadn't thought about scores uh, for FC Dallas. I'm gonna say two to two. It's a good team. I think we're evenly matched. I don't think we quite pick the lock the way that we did against San Jose. I don't think we quite have the answer. Okay. Um, but I I think we'll have our chances. Okay. Um, you know, I'm going to go 3-1 Minnesota. 
I think we find you feel really optimistic. Feel really huh? optimistic, yeah. Goals. I don't right. know, like a six-game winning streak will do that to you, apparently. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm not used to what that feels like, so yeah. I wouldn't even know. All right, so uh, we had a lot of games last week. We didn't uh, recap any of the scores on uh, midweek, so I'm just gonna go ahead and do them all right yep. now. Yep. Um, There's some pretty fucking bonkers scores, so yeah. jump in if you ever if you want anything to say. So NYCFC beats Seattle Sounders three nothing. This is so these are all the midweek games. Uh, Orlando City loses to Philadelphia at home one three to one. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Minnesota beat down of San Jose three to one. Chicago, fucking Chicago, beats Atlanta United five to one. <clears throat> Before this game, everybody's calling Chicago sellers, and I think Chicago should be a seller. But yeah, they yeah, they, uh, they went out and beat Atlanta United five to one, and they actually played a really good game in the, in the weekend too. Um, a loss, but they they played really well. Uh, LAFC, um, talk about a team that's in decline. Sporting Kansas City, they lose to LAFC at home five to one. It's sad. Yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't in my memory seen SKC play this poorly. Oh, yeah. No, not uh, yeah, not since I've been following MLS. Um, no. And, and <clears throat> now plenty of teams are going to let five in from LAFC. Yeah. But SKC looks like they could do it against anybody any week. And, and definitely, this was at home. you definitely shouldn't allow it at home. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Houston went, uh, beat the Red Bulls at home 4 to nothing. Um, RSL beat Columbus. Houston at home. Yeah, Houston at home. And then RSL beat Columbus 1-0. Yeah. I think Bruce McGuire posted a stat basically over the course of the last month. The uh, Ohio teams are like 320-something and like four. <laughs> They're just real, real fucking bad right now. They're Sucks to be an Ohio, uh, doing, Ohio soccer doing fan. Doing Ohio every bit of pride Ohio needs done. So Yeah. Uh, so the weekend in games, FC Dallas beat D.C. United 2 to nothing. Um, New England went to Colorado, beat the uh, steaming hot Rapids, uh, maybe the steaming hot Crapids now, 2-1 to one, uh, on the road for New England. Uh, Galaxy beat Toronto FC two to nothing. Philadelphia and Orlando City drew two two. Um, that was like that game actually took place on Sunday because there was like a weather like a weather s- storm or whatever well, in Philadelphia. A weather storm. Yeah, weather storm. Uh-huh. Um, S Cincinnati finally got a win. Beat Houston Dynamo on the road. Houston on the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else? <laughs> it's like a, the juxtaposition of like one franchise in one week is yeah. It's uh, complete. 4-0 a home win, 3-2 yeah, uh, road loss. Oh, yeah. Uh, Montreal, again, we said lost, lost to Minnesota 2-3. to three. Uh, That's aforementioned Columbus. Loses at home to Seattle Sounders 2-1. to one. Uh, Why did we save them? I don't know. <laughs> That's a very good question. Should, should we just got them on life support now. It's kind of sad yeah. watching them flounder there. We should just pull the plug yeah. and just... Let the life drain from their maybe eyes. We should, maybe we should pull our money, or maybe like take some of that Patreon money and uh, get them a gift ticket to the rope store. Give them a gift certificate to like an eatery in Austin. <laughs> That'd be some cruel shit. Um, all right, Sporting Kansas City uh, bounced back and beat Chicago one nothing at home. You mean the same team that beat uh, <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta five to one? Five yeah. to one, yeah. Okay, great. By, uh, yeah, by, by uh, perfect sense. MLS. Laws of uh, yeah. Up, MLS. <laughs> There you go. Um, San Jose uh, bounced back, beat RSL one to nothing. LAFC beat Vancouver six to one at home. Well, I mean, didn't I have like eleven to nothing? Yeah, you like, did. I but yeah, I don't think you had them losing to Chicago five to one no, either. Right. Well, that was a different team. Um, that was. Uh, oh yeah, or that was, uh, you didn't I'm have them beating Sporting Kansas City five to one. Um, anyway, sorry. Atlanta United and Red Bulls, t- and probably the game of the week, as we mentioned, the game of the game week. Of the week. Holy yeah. shit, this game oh, was fucking bonkers. It, it, it was phys- it was physical. Just just two teams that hated each other. Just the, I mean, you know, it w- it wasn't always pretty, but I like the idea that MLS can and its players or in its fans or whatever um, stoke enough emotion that things get a little stupid sometimes. Yeah. We joke with MLS about like these like convoluted like you know made up rivalries. Felt, this is a fucking real. Rival- Atlanta United has never beaten the Red Bulls in the regular season, by the way. 
They're like oh four and like two now. Uh, they'll point yeah. quickly to last season's playoffs and tell yes. you everything that you want to know. All they care about. about. Uh, finally, NYCFC beat Portland uh, or lost oh. to Portland. Sorry, at home and that uh, monstrosity of a pitch, uh, zero to one. Um, Portland, Portland looking dangerously good now. Which team was it that um, it was recently they announced lineups and uh, no, it wasn't a team. It was like the local. Um, you know, SB Nation or whatever the fuck, uh, writer for it. But it's some team, they're like, here's how the other teams lining up. New York City FC, here's how the other teams lining up. And they showed their lineup instead of placed on a soccer pitch, it was placed on a baseball field. So they had like them <laughs> aligned at catcher and pitcher, <laughs> baseman. That outfielders. is, I don't know who that it is. The that's the perfect way to announce their lineup. That's fucking awesome. And they didn't like make the joke, like, haha, wink, wink. They just did it just and did dropped it. it. And it was perfect. That is awesome. Every every uh, every team should do that when they go to NYCFC. Absolutely, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, did you want to say? So we talked about the upcoming. Uh, or sorry, what's you know, never mind. Let's do uh, picks here this week. Uh, picks. Um, Let's do picks. DC United host uh, New England. Um, who do you got? Oh, it's got to be United two to nothing. New England still sucks despite their win. Yeah, I would agree. I would say three to one. Houston Dynamo host LAFC at home. Um, man, unstoppable force versus an immovable object. Yeah. Right? The unstoppable force being LAFC. Houston can't lose at home. Yeah. I think they can. I think they lose. I think uh, they have to. Yeah. yeah. Two to nothing. Uh, yeah. Uh, to LAFC. I've got to get it. LAFC is too damn good. Yeah. LA Galaxy uh, hosts San Jose. Um, we saw the uh, the Cali Classico uh, a couple weeks ago. And San Jose beat LA Galaxy at home. I think it's reversed here. I think it's uh, LA Galaxy 3, San Jose 2. Um, I'll get on LA Galaxy 2, San Jose 1. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, the Canadian Derby, Montreal Impact host Toronto FC. It's pronounced Derby. Derby, the Canadian Derby. Well, since it's in Montreal, it shouldn't be what's the French equivalent of Derbois. 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 Yeah, Derbois. The, the yeah. Canadian Derbois. Uh, Montreal Impact, I have them. Uh, I have a 1 1 draw. <laughs> uh, I've got a 0 0 draw. I don't like either of shit, yeah. shit birds. Uh, Orlando City hosts Columbus. Uh, I will not pick Columbus until they actually beat a team. It'll yep. probably be this week, but I'm going to go Orlando City 1, Columbus 0. Orlando City 2, Columbus 0. Okay. Uh, Chicago, uh, speaking of two tire fires, Chicago hosts FC Cincinnati. Um, I have uh, I have Chicago winning this game 1 to nothing. Yeah, Chicago at home, 3 three to nothing. This is still Chicago that won 5 1 against Atlanta. It's still FC Cincinnati that is FC Cincinnati. Lost 7 to 1 to us. Yep. We lost so. to Chicago, so, you know. In Chicago. Circle of life. Uh, we talked about M- uh, United and uh, FC Dallas. Um, RSL hosts Philadelphia. Philadelphia going west. Um, I have RSL. They're pretty good at home, too. I have them winning this game 2 to nothing. Philadelphia 2 to nothing. All right. Uh, Vancouver hosts Sporting Kansas City. I have Vancouver 3, Sporting Kansas City 0. Vancouver 1, Sporting 0. I can't give it to Sporting, but I don't like Vancouver enough to give them a bunch of credit here. That's fair. Uh, Portland hosts Colorado. I have Portland winning 4 to 1. I give it 4 to nothing. Portland okay. was hot. Yeah, Colorado may have cooled down, finally. Uh, Seattle Sounders host Atlanta United. Um, two teams that are not looking really good right now, although they're both really high in the standings. Uh, I have Seattle Sounders winning 3-2. Uh, to two. I've got Atlanta 3-1. to one. All right, we're very different this week. Well, let's fucking fight. All right. Uh, finally, Red Bulls host NYCFC, the Hudson River Derby. Is it a derby in Der- the, Der- it's a derby in the United States? No, it, it, because this is out in Jersey, so it would be pronounced derby. D- <laughs> Sounds very English. <laughs> New, new English. <laughs> uh, I have the Red Bulls winning four to two. It's uh, a high scoring game. I've got one to one. It's just it's just going to be a, a big wet gloppy one. <laughs> so fair enough. All right, uh, we're doing pretty good on time. Do you want to say anything about uh, any of the uh, uh, 
world uh, soccer tournaments that happened world over the over the week. Uh, U.S. women beat the Netherlands two nothing. Mm. Um, our U.S. men uh, lost to Mexico one to nothing, and then uh, Brazil beat Peru three to nothing. I believe, yeah. So I don't, I don't follow the South American stuff, so I don't okay. have anything to say yeah. about it. I'll be honest with you. Um, I just thought the the last like the semifinals and the finals of those games were just fucking bonkers, and it reminds me I need to watch more combo bowl. Um, both you know the combo bowl you know country matches, but also uh, like uh, Copa Libertadores mm. and um, so more South American gone. soccer. Yeah. So it's <laughs> out there. It's, it's fucking bonkers. There. Those guys are are. Uh, talk about shithousery. That's it, all it, it is. Lives, it lives in South America. That's one of the reasons that I can't. Uh, like, you know, we sometimes will yell at a guy for diving. And be like, you know, get up, you fuck. It, it, like, they will yell at a guy down there and say, like, why didn't he dive there? He could have yeah. got, like, what the fuck? Like, and I, I'm not trying to. Well, though, I sound xenophobic. That's not yeah, my point. And then, but and then I they just will, don't have And then they will die. But then there's also, like, times where, like, guys will go fucking studs up and get and get a talking to. Like, oh, go yeah, studs yeah. up in fucking the MLS. Like, yeah. you get a straight red. I remember the Copa Libertadores final. There was a fucking guy basically almost broke a dude's uh, shin. Yeah. And yeah, like, he well, it's not technically a compound fracture. Yeah, he so. didn't, he got he got he got a fucking talking to. He didn't even get yeah, a fucking yellow yeah. card. Uh, it's it's like it's like pure like adrenaline fucking like cocaine soccer, and yeah. I love it. I the, fucking love it. I I feel like I'd love it in the same way I love it like a campy horror movie. Sure. I'm not confusing it with elite. No. But sometimes. It's like it's good to watch like a celebrity get slapped around in rehab or <laughs> yeah. something on reality TV. Yes, F- fine, I'll watch that. But I did not watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll tell you, the United States it played out exactly the way it ought to have. Yep. They made it to the final, and yep. they didn't win in the final against Mexico. You could have written a Gold Cup script, and in any most years it will follow that script. Yep. It did this time, so whatever. What I do did. you think about the? So the, the narrative about about obviously surrounding the U.S. man was basically like you know how they're going to bounce back. What do you? I mean, do you have any? You, you don't really watch the the international uh, uh, soccer not, as not, much. Not as much as I do club yeah. soccer, but um, but the. Narrative. What do you think about that? Like that whole? I mean, like I don't know. Like as someone who follows a lot, follows the, the watches a lot more of the U.S. men's national team than you do, obviously. Um, I, just, I don't. And there's been now, you know, over the course of the last couple of days, just people online bitching about like the, the kids weren't there and why why. Bradley and Altidore getting runouts and just I, I can't even I, I literally I just I just basically like mute most of U.S. soccer yeah uh, Twitter uh, after the uh, after games especially losses and especially to like Me- Mexican B teams and let's be fair like we didn't have our full A team there either like I just I can't I just can't stand some of the fucking bullshit that that we have to deal with on like online after. After U.S. soccer, U.S. men's one soccer. One of the matches. reasons I can't get into it as much is because the fan base is just totally toxic bullshit, you know. And so that just—it's—it's it's all still fun for me, no matter how much I get into the stuff. Yeah. It's—it's it's never not just fun hobby for me. Yeah. So, um, like I, I don't get into that as much, but um, but uh, I think. St- it's part. They're going to tell you, and they have said it's part of the project, right? And this is a longer-term thing. It's not about one tournament that took place over five games or whatever it was yeah. six games. So. And I, uh, to, there's a degree to which I buy into that. I don't mind them playing uh, some of the older dudes. Um, I, the the I, you this is the tournament, right? This wasn't a couple of friendlies that were, were well. Now's your time to experiment. You got to put out the team that you think is the best team to put out there uh, when you have to win. And I think there's going to be a ton of time for the for younger guys to become the guys that are automatics for that. But if if you're looking at it, you, Michael Bradley is still a good defensive midfielder. Yeah, as far as our pool he made, goes, he, he, I, made, he made the best eleven that, team in the, in the Gold Cup. Like, yeah, and, and, and people know? people think that we have like a super super deep 
uh, uh, central midfielder, we do, midfield pool. We don't. We do not. Uh, not for what Michael Bradley does. Yeah. So you might make other kinds of choices too, but I don't mind decisions like that. We lost for reasons that are. I love the sort of desperate arguing. That's just like, well, if we only did this with the with the lineup, and if we had our starters and they had their backups and stuff, then we would have won, and it would totally count because it would be <laughs> the outcome that I want. And then like every time anything doesn't go, it's like, well, this guy wasn't like you know all of our players were fit except for one guy that was like seventy. Five percent. So you can't really. And then we didn't play the guys that I would have wanted to. Play. Look, we do this every time. Yeah. We lose every fucking time. And every time there's a new reason for us to have had a good reason to lose. Shouldn't we accidentally stumble ass over tea kettle into some wins where maybe those cards fall the other way, where this team fields a shit house team and we're looking pretty good that afternoon? We just woke up and our neck didn't hurt. And then <laughs> like we, it, no, it always happens this way. Guess yeah. what? We're not as good, and there are a thousand reasons for that. Oh, yeah. And very few of them have to do with the very particular lineup we picked on a very particular night. Yeah. The referee didn't help. <laughs> said, hey, yeah, of course. The ref- uh, we just had the right referee, and all let's, the let's, cards felt just let's stop. What, do you, let's, what do you want to say about the U.S. women's national team? I thought the, men's? the U.S. women's, the women's, the women's? team. Yeah. Uh, it went exactly the way that it, it should and ought to. Yeah. This is this is the most well-funded program in the country. Not not club program, but but international program. Yeah, in the world. Yeah. Um, with a huge <laughs> pool of players, um, I think that they ought to be paid equally, and I don't think pay should be tied to uh, anything related to your performance. Yep. This. Um, and and that's fucking. I also don't think they should be paid more, or paid the same, just because they fucking win. And it, it's such an apples to oranges fucking comparison yeah. when you compare whether the men are women winning to whether the women are winning. And do you really want to stake your really short-sighted liberal claim on the idea that tomorrow, when the chips fall a different way, and maybe people elsewhere in the world don't treat women so goddamn poorly, and other federations actually support to support women's soccer, then now we got to trundle back with our tail between our legs and say, well, actually, we always believe that they should be paid equal not just when they were winning what a dumb thing for us to have to like cover yeah. a fucking scat with how about they just that's, pay them equal because you yeah. should just pay them equal yeah that's that's, 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 that's fucking do it that's the point i think that's what a lot of uh the a lot of people are arguing and um, there's some certain mouth breathers out there that are <laughs> that are you know mouth why breathers why is anyone listening to them why yeah. do they feel the, the need to engage like if i can only convince this guy then it'll all be right yeah he's not going to be able to be convinced he's got and one hand on his dick in a darkened room anyways this isn't your audience yes it's, it's always it's always suburban white dudes who yes. are triggered triggered by uh you know powerful they women and uh and Fuck yeah why i know give them an audience i don't know that's a good question um come and make fun of them like like any good yeah i just I, I just i loved do. i loved all of the uh and the, the nice, so this is this is like the exact opposite problem I have with U.S. men's soccer is like when U.S. women's soccer is doing well, I just I just love all the dudes who come out there and especially like th- during this particular tournament with all the p- celebrations and you know whether that you know you think is warranted or not, this team has its has a personality and they fucking that's that's their personality. They're not gonna they're not gonna kowtow to you or me or any other mediocre white dude yeah. because we're like oh you shouldn't celebrate like that or whatever or yeah, American us. arrogance and like that you know and it's it's not even it's not even just uh, mediocre fucking uh, white dudes in the in the U S. It's like mediocre white people everywhere around the world who are just like. Uh, you shouldn't act. You should act. Like I've just you know, some other podcasts. I like they listened to the Guardian podcast and they were sort of like, you know, complaining about Alex Morgan's uh, uh, tea celebration against England. It's like you're the you're the one she wanted to fucking offend, man. Like you, she did she did her job apparently. They're just so upset because like, you can tell just by looking at her that she's a woman. <laughs> if I saw LeBron James throw down a thunderous slam land, to be, and then he'd be like, <laughs> growl, and I'd be like, my god. To be fair, the Guardian people were like, well, you know, they, she took like the most stereotypical English thing. Like if you want to do like a like a really 
jibe in England. Like one person sits down as a chair. Alex Morgan sits down. Like they do a, redo the crowning scene of uh, you know Queen Elizabeth or whatever. So they like, really they're apparently yeah. I was like, well, what do you like beans on toast? How do you fucking do beans on toast? Yeah, in a, in a fried <laughs> tomato for breakfast or some exactly. Shit. Yeah. So anyways, um, you know that it was funny. Like this is a um, you know I always feel like. Whenever my teams are playing, whether it's Liverpool or Minnesota United or the U.S., I'm like I'm always, always just like assuming the worst. I was never, I never assumed the worst. Even oh, when, you shouldn't. even they when should this, win when this U.S. team, time. even when, um, even when you know we got the England tied it up at one one. Um, you know, even when we had that penalty, I, I, you know, even then I wasn't. I was like, okay, this would be interesting. Like two two, extra time. I think we've been out playing them for the, you know, we, we can we have the, we can kick it up to another game. We haven't not been out playing them. We, you know, obviously jealous. You can criticize, you know, obviously criticize, and I think somewhat rightly for her her style of play. But ultimately, she got the fucking job done. So mm-hmm. what more do you want? Like I, if she was managing my team and you know we won we won the MLS playing that style, fuck it, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, Jose Marino parking the bus. Fucking fucker won, you know, for many years before he didn't. Yeah, so yeah. you know, you 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 cheer on the style of players and team Greece, that you have. Greece 2004 in the Euros. Yeah, exactly. Oh the god, that was, like that one, was a fucking one, horrible tournament. One, one goal the whole tournament or something <laughs> yes. like that. You know? It was terrible. They won it. Um, all right, so I think we're both. Uh, yeah, pay them. Fucking pay them. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. nothing else to say. Fucking we have a few it. questions. Uh, a couple from leftover from last week, and then a couple uh, this week. Uh, Let's do it. Andrew Hilger asked. He said we're looking for two to three pieces of summer window. Um, shocking. Where do we currently have the most need? Do we go for a striker with Angelo hitting stride lately? I think we mostly mentioned this. Um, I don't think we need a striker. Toys heating up. Angelo is I think I, we, I'm fine I, with it. I think we need to find uh, playing time for Dunlady, and I think that's in probably in the USL. Um, He's got to get healthy. I think that's, yeah, that's the one big thing. Uh, Dunlady uh, getting healthy and getting some playing time somewhere that's not here I think will be the biggest thing yeah. in the striker. Um, we talked about the needs. I Obviously, sounds like we're going to sign a left midfielder. Um, I think left back. You obviously say center back, at least uh, some center back depth, which is a lot. Which is compared to where we were last I year. Want a center back starter. Center back starter. I don't. I don't believe in the starting capability of anybody except Ico Parra on our, our back line. Okay, fair enough. Um, but then, but then I think left back is a second need for me, and then probably an attacking midfielder is my third. My third need. If you would have asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said attacking midfielder at least second. Because, but I think Darwin is is getting shit together a little bit better and then I think you know when you've got Kevin Molino dishing it and stuff um, I feel a lot better about the build up potential yeah. right now ask me again in two weeks I'm sure I'll change it sure it'll be mind. a different yeah, yeah. Uh, Lazy Loon asks oh, another uh, question where on the street is Loons are bringing in a left back and left wing assuming they are starters who goes to the bench also why is Coleman on the outs again I think this is he asked this question before the Montreal game oh okay um you know, I think he's he's on the outs just because I because of the Montreal. He, well, no, I think I think even before that, I think he was he hadn't been playing a whole lot in the last couple of matches. You know, obviously Gasper and and um, Boxel getting starts. Um, you know, I think it's just the system. Kama has never been his favorite. And again, no. we've talked about he's probably got you know the sex tape or whatever. Uh, this probably doesn't help uh, Kama's case. Um, Clearly, we don't we don't watch these guys during training, so we don't see right. what Box was doing in training, what Coleman's doing in training to warrant or not warrant uh, starts. We only see what happens on the on the pitch on you know Saturdays and Wednesdays, right? So right, right. Um, it's clear that there's something happening. Whether it's it's justifiable, I don't know. Um, clearly, Boxel has been playing um, with his like out of his ass the last few weeks. Like I think Boxel's played maybe some of the best time best. Um, some of his best matches in a loons in a loon shirt in quite some time over the course of the last say three or four matches since he came back from that uh, debacle in Toronto. I don't know. What do you have? You have thoughts on that? Uh, he, uh, well, so 
I think Boxall's played better since Toronto, but I, I think his Montreal game was poorer. But that's that's just nitpicking. Um, as far as who goes to the bench, first of all, I, I don't think it's an obvious. Um, I don't think it's obvious that a left back uh, or a left winger we're going to bring in are going to be starters. Um, I I don't think that's a slam dunk proposition. If it's yeah. a left wing, I have to think that instead of calling it a straight starter and then everybody else is a backup, we haven't had a consistent. You know, our wingers have rotated between. Molino and Finley and Ibarra, and there's been a healthy amount of rotation. I don't think that you can just straight up call it, well, starter, yeah. non-starter. Um, so I think that it'd be somebody that works into that rotation. I think that they try different things to see what is the right formation for the right day, who's who's strong with the left foot and strong with the right foot, and how can we play them inverted or uh, traditionally. To you know, I, I think it's, I think it, it comes down to those choices, not yeah. like, you're on the bench, fucker. Yeah. Um, as for a left back, um, who would you call our left back, uh, like de facto left back right now? <laughs> I mean, Pisani Dotson, Chase Gasper, Miguel Ibarra in a pinch. You know, like we've had a, a plethora. Right, he's a so, <clears throat> so that's the thing. Like, who, it's it's been by committee. Who are you really replacing then if yeah. you bring him in? So, so I, I I am dismissing the premise of the question. Yes, I don't think that we have anything <laughs> as, like a try as we are want to do. Yeah, so. yeah, of course. I don't think we have um, a true starter in yeah. either case. So I mean, I, I think depending if the if the left back um, that they bring in is a MLS. An MLS player, someone who's been in MLS, I could see them sort of stepping in right in as, as a starter. If it, if the left back they're they're bringing in is someone from from Europe or from a um, non MLS league, I think that that person's going to need some time to to you know get in get in with the acclimate, team, yeah. acclimate, um, get used to playing with Icopara, um, with Vito Manone, and that you know a lot of that will happen obviously in practice. Um, so I don't I, th- I don't think it's a straight yeah as as you mentioned I don't straight like swap. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think you know. To in to his credit, he's actually done a pretty good job of of picking the players to play to the opponent yeah, versus yeah. like having literally having straight swaps. I mean, this is like the biggest thing when I watch watching like Ron Gardenhire manage the Twins is that he would have <laughs> fucking the second baseman would be the leadoff hitter, whether that was you know uh, uh, Rivas, you know, Rivas or, or fucking you know the guy who's hitting like you know 130 and uh right, right. with Doesn't no glove matter. whatever my second baseman starts. yeah my second baseman is the leadoff hitter period or or for example the really great example is joe mauer and um fucking uh mike redmond joe mauer would would hit third in grand garden higher's lineup mike redmond is not the same mike, hitter as joe fucking mauer and mike joe redmond mauer. would just would just when they when mauer took a day off a catcher and redmond caught redmond would be hitting third and you're like what in the actual I, fuck? I like Mike Redmond. No reason he ever needs to be hitting anything other than. Eight. So that's that's in that for for a while it felt like that was how Adrian Heath managed his team in the first yeah, two years. Yeah. Like basically, if you swapped in, you played in the same position in the same formation, and we didn't we didn't fix we didn't switch our tactics to accommodate the players on the pitch. And it seems like now he's doing that, which he's I think got, is great. He's, he's got a uh, a team that's mm-hmm. uh, overall been healthier than it usually has been. Yep, and uh, he's got better depth to play with, so I think that that works in his favor to be able to do that. Um, yep. But, yep, uh, credit right. to Heath Words, too. He's, he's figured it out. Cool. Uh, three more questions. So Jesse asked, do you think I could make a successful Kickstarter to buy a full formal suit that I could wear on the stand? This is you, Jesse. You could make the Kickstarter. Listen, Jesse, we've Kickstarted less. We've Kickstarted a Lundo Gorissian costume for Nachikit, uh, who... Never ended up wearing it. I've actually worn it several times to uh, to matches. Um, you could do you could successfully kickstart a hell of a lot less. So um, I think you definitely should do it. Um, make sure you hit us up and we'll uh, we'll push it out to the masses. So yeah, uh, seller will push it out. Yes, from uh, from our the TDI cam Twitter account. Uh, Wausau Loons asks uh, or says, let Martin know how little you guys three guys swore while he was gone. By the way, is Martin repurposing the Pride Tifo anytime soon? 
maybe win host the Open Cup final. Seriously, I love your podcast. Thanks for making my work commute tolerable. So let me, let me take a lot of that has yeah. to do with me. So first of all, um, the Pride Tifo is going to make an appearance. We just um, sort of reignited um, Tifo uh, activities here yesterday. So, Excellent. Um, so we're excited to bring that back. Uh, we think that the fixes that we need to make to make it work that were challenging the day that it didn't go off uh, are pretty simple. Okay, um, great. So um, now that we're back, we were gone for reasons unrelated to act. TIFO specific reasons uh, but now that we're back um, we can do that pretty simply and we're going to work with the team to do that Great. and if it's not if it's not <clears throat> June who gives a fuck yeah right it's like well no. we, we're not proud it's pride, pride every day yeah pride night every night yeah um, so they're bingo you're going to see it so awesome okay excellent um, and then uh, so then yeah we just we didn't swear a bunch uh, in the last podcast thank you for so that was, telling me that yeah um, well I saw that's not your name probably but <laughs> oh it's Michael um, yeah Michael uh, Michael glad we can make your commute more tolerable yeah and then finally uh, Andy our friend Andy asks uh, which loon loons from last year's roster have benefited the most from the new loons this year and then he gives us the XOXO hugs and kisses to you uh, Andy and Mags um that's a, that's a combination team right there. So, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say a specific loon, but I'm gonna say a position. Goalkeeper has benefited immensely from. Uh, Sometimes the obvious answer is right under yeah, your nose. I guess you know. Obviously, I think you know we've talked, and I was actually chatting. Uh, we chatted a little bit last week about Vito Manone and how I think that you know he is he's really great at balls that are coming at him, shots at him where he, he's basically making reaction saves. <clears throat> he's terrible, or I don't want to say terrible. That's a, that's aggressive. He's not great at making decisions when he has to come out, um, when he has to attack corners, sure, uh, sure. on on breakaways, things like that. That seems to be where he gets caught out the most. His distribution is a hell of a lot better than Bobby Shuttleworth. But now the question I have is, how much better would Bobby Shuttleworth be when you're not you're if not getting the, the same the same type of shots that he was getting last year? Last yeah. year and the year before, Bobby Shuttleworth was just pelted with balls from in the beside the box. Yeah. This year, I mean, if you look at the, if you look at, you know, go back and look at some of the heat maps from where players are taking shots against Minnesota United. It's not, it's not so much in, in the six and in the eighteen. It's outside the eighteen. It's outside the six. It's where a goalkeeper has the time to, to see the ball and make the reaction save. Um, and I think, you know, clearly, I think, I think Vito's a better goalkeeper than Bobby Shuttleworth. Is he that much better than Bobby Shuttleworth? I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's like. I don't think he's immensely better than Bobby Shuttleworth, Mm -hmm. but I think he's definitely better than Bobby Shuttleworth. So, um, I would say, you know, the position goalkeeper. um, Are there there a specific player that you think has benefited from the uh, the new additions? Let me give you. Let me give you a player. So, um, this is. uh, I'm kind of backing into this question, back ass word, because I know that this isn't the way that Andy meant the question. But here's what I'm gonna say: Mason Toy. Okay. And the reason I'm saying that is because the additional players in depth we've had allowed him, and plus, of course, some of the other off-season front office type stuff, allowed him to go to Madison and get consistent playing time that has enabled him now to come back with the senior squad and perform. Be confident. To be hot, be confident. Um, because he didn't. Ju- if you don't have the depth that we have now, what happens is he lingers on a bench here. Certainly not a starter, but you need physical human souls to play just in case. And so he just languishes on a bench here, accomplishing nothing, growing in no way. So I think that he has benefited from those players by just generally having added depth 
at his position and at adjacent positions. Oh, 100%. So again, yeah. it's a backwards way to answer the question. He's basically gotten stronger by being pushed out of the squad at first. Um, but now now here he is. I think that's I think that's a totally fair answer to the question. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of, uh, of who else. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Toy is, if you're talking about specific players, um, I think Toy is a is a fantastic answer there. And I would say, you know, I think the goalkeeping position is would be the, is like yeah. 1B on that. Yeah. I don't um, I don't think that, uh, you can't say Molino and Finley because they weren't here last year. And then, um, uh, you know, I look at Rodriguez and Quintero, they've had some pressure taken off of them because they don't have to, like, carry everything. But um, can you really say that they've been better this year than last year? I, certainly not. Um, yeah, no. So... And I, I would I would argue too with the with the goalkeeping position, Hassani Dotson stepping in and paying, and Romain Metnier mm-hmm. playing competent right back like has taken you know pressure you know say we I love Jerry everybody loves Jerry Romain Metnier is much better than it's Jerry, better than Jerry. <laughs> and I'm so, so sorry Jerry no yeah, you're listening yeah to he's this. in St. literally see the St Jerry candle from here um, so yeah so that's uh, I think that answers I think that answers yeah I think question. we did it man. yeah very good um, all right so that is uh, that's the end you can always find us at davesiknow.com. Uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. You can find me at Texas Zeller. Um, Martin at Offensive Loons. Uh, yeah, let's take it home, Martin. I was trying to log into – I got a new phone. I was trying to log into Twitter the other day, but okay. I couldn't remember my Offensive uh, offensive Loons. I, I thought there was an underscore in it. Did there used to be an underscore? I think I think there was, like, Offensive underscore Loons. See, I didn't know my own handle. Yeah. So I spent, like, 20 minutes trying to get <laughs> logged into Twitter, and I couldn't fucking figure it out. So it's Offensive Loon, no underscore. Offensive Loons. It's plural. Loons. Loons. Yeah. Loons. We are the Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.